0: are you afraid you should be i thought he was the man to lead us through the long night a face will be added to the hole you would spill blood in this holy place the gods won't mine show them what lannisters are and make no mistake the dead are coming dragons do not do well in captivity how do you know this
1: that's what i do i drink
2: and i know things they have no
1: idea what's going to happen welcome ladies and gentlemen boys and girls children of all ages to the winner is coming game of thrones podcast i'm your host razor and i'm here with annie isis and Corey, and we're here to talk about game of thrones episode 604 book of the stranger and uh let's talk about that first big scene and annie i want to go right to you and the stark reunion
0: it was huggy
1: it was great wasn't it was It was
0: so huggy it was so it was- and and the best part is is that like i was so distracted by Jon snow's new outfit that like i almost like i was like oh, Jon snow's wearing a new outfit oh look he's got the man bun i guess the man bun is over oh that's a really well, cool I- oh now they're hugging <laughs>
1: So, okay, so your, your thought process is now that Jon Snow's rocking the man bun, that it's no longer cool to do No, it I'm going gonna,
0: gonna to go with that. that. That's proof the man bun is over.
1: It's no longer ironic. Yeah. So, okay, I got you. I got you. And, Corey, it's, it's got to be nice to see Jon Snow no longer in his uh, Night's Watch blacks and to see his sister that he hasn't seen since season one. How would you feel about the big hug?
2: I thought it was interesting. I mean, it was a good scene. It happened really quickly, like Annie said. I I feel like this show, in the past, we've had people spend a whole season walking, and then at the end of the season, you find that they've gone a mile. And then, <laughs> after one episode, it was like, hey, Theon's here, and where he wants to go, and Sansa's where she wants to go, and nobody ran into any Brothers Without Banners or anything this time. We just kind of made it. It's just a pretty cool journey. <laughs> Stopped at a pit stop, had some chicken wings, and... Uh, made it to uh, made it to Captain all the Link. chickens, yeah, <laughs> three whole chickens, yeah. Oh, maybe was...
0: maybe that's why Torment was looking at Brienne like that because she brought chicken wings.
2: Oh my
1: oh, god. we are definitely going to talk about Torment and Brienne in a minute, but Isis, I saved you for last because I want to know about how you feel about your little cinnamon bun connecting with your stanza.
3: You know, I have to say, I, when I was watching it live and I was live tweeting it, um, I really didn't. I, I loved it, but I didn't appreciate it until I watched it again. And I have to say that Sansa, uh, the actress that plays her, that was probably the best acting job she has done in this whole entire show. Easily a focus It was was genuine. Like, you could feel the emotion, and maybe it was just I was projecting because I felt like – Finally, we've gotten to a conclusion that is a good conclusion for one episode. Yeah. And, uh, and so it was really nice to see them come together and then them, you know, talking to each other. Uh, the only thing that bothered me, and I tweeted about this, was the fact that, you know, she's trying to apologize for the way she was, you know, when they were um, together younger at the beginning of the season, you know, uh, season one. And mm-hmm. and it seems like everybody just wants to go, oh, it's okay, it's okay. Let her apologize. Let her own her mistakes and say, hey, I'm sorry. I know what I did was wrong. I'm no better now. And just take that and say, okay. I accept that, thank you. But it seems like everybody, you know, just you know, seems like, oh no, 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 we know, we got to treat you with kid gloves, and no, let her be a woman and own up to whatever mistake she makes and say that she's trying to redeem herself. And I think for Sansa, that makes a better story for Sansa to show that she's really truly growing up and she's no longer that little girl eating those damn lemon cakes um, <laughs> that she was in season, you know.
1: You can one. say it's well, those
3: fucking lemon cakes. Those fucking lemon cakes.
0: So yeah. I really appreciated that. You know, though, what got me about that, though, is though she was apologizing, at the same time, she is not there just to see John. She has a mission, and she has a thing she wants from him. She came there because he would come with her to defeat the Boltons, and he's got men. And you know he's all standing there, like he's all sitting there going, "No, no, 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 no! I'm done with war. I did war. War, war sucked. I don't want to do war anymore. War is crappy. Let's yeah. not do more war." And she's like, "No, really, war now." And well, I-, I thought that was actually very interesting because she was basically kind of trying to manipulate him into doing what she wanted. And, like, I felt like the apologies and all of that were a little bit in service of that.
1: See, oh, so I felt like I, were- I don't know. I feel like – I disagree. I, feel, I felt they were genuine. I felt Sansa has made the full circle journey now. She's been through it all. She's gone from being she, – she always wanted to be one of those – Little South, South Ron ladies, the high mm-hmm. high, high ladies, the queen uh, giving golden babies to the king and all that stuff. And now she's she's come full circle now, and she's been through the ringer and she's seen her brother now. And that hug was the the the, the facial expression. And you're right, Sophie Turner rocked that scene, and so did Kit Harington. It was amazing. And and I gotta say, I think the apology was genuine. I think what to me, and and this is where the show kind of skipped over. And this is, I'm glad you brought this up. There was no discussion of Jon's murder. There was no discussion of Sansa's rape at, at Ramsay's hands. Uh, their escape with Theon. Um, you know, there's a lot that's happened that they probably talked about in that room while she's sipping on on that bowl of porridge. And you know, we they probably talked about it, but. We didn't. We we weren't privy to that conversation, and so I'm, I'm sure that apology came out of that that long conversation. Like she said, well, I wish we could go back and yell at ourselves, never leave Winterfell. Like it was so stupid, and I was so mean to you." And, well, I think that, and, that comes
2: back to something Annie said about two episodes ago, uh, where she said there are parts of the show where you're wasting time. With exposition, you're wasting time with things that we mm. already know. Uh, because there is a very limited number of hours left of the show, we don't need to be reminded that Jama's dead. He's literally just woke up two episodes ago. We don't need to be reminded of Sansa's rape uh, because it is—you don't forget that, you know. And I mean, what? Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah. What? What we have gained by having them sit there and talk about all that? Not much. Um, I will say that again. It did feel a little rushed, but at the same time, uh, getting through the. Uh, the apology, if you will, if you can even call it that, it was more her just saying, "Hey, so things have really happened to both of us, and we've both changed a lot." And, yeah. and I'm really sorry that uh, we we both there seen some shit. Yeah. Well, there was a really funny picture I saw. It was probably on Facebook, and it was, uh, you know, John John Snow was like, uh, "What you been up to?" She was like, oh, "I'm getting raped." What about you? Oh, I've been dead. It's like oh cool, <laughs> it's like yeah. <laughs> so, you
1: know,
2: they both they both been to some dark places, and you know that apology I think was was less of a "Hey, I'm sorry that I was a spoiled kid and I was younger." It was more like, "Hey, so I know that you might not know it because we just are seeing each other again for the first time in years, but I'm not a little kid anymore, and I've I've been through a lot of things, and I'm different, and I think John." Was acknowledging that you could tell when you saw Sansa that she was different so easily because I'm someone who rags on her all the time. Not Sophie right. Turner. I, I think she was given the script she was given, but just one of the weaker characters in the show that keeps getting lots of screen time. Actually, this is a really good episode for a lot of the boring uh, storylines because a lot of them got really interesting really quick. So,
1: well, and typically, typically in seasons past, episode four is where. The first three episodes kind of come to a head, and you get you get something really big happens, and of course we had that this episode with the goddess of dragons at the end there. But well, um, I felt like you know Sansa when she re- reached and she was like you know where will
3: we go you know with mm-hmm, John, that. I felt
0: like that, that was
3: that was so
1: genuine. That was John like, said that to her though. John said where will we go? Oh, where will no we she, go? Okay. No, no
0: no she said it first. She said it first. Oh, did she, she? Okay. Yeah, she uh, said it first, and, and that was what I was talking about, though, where I was saying that this was a thing where it was manipulation. Where will we go? We will go together to Winterfell. You know, like this is where she she has a goal that she wants out of him.
3: Well, and that and that may be, but I I really felt like uh, it was a g- really good. Uh, intro because like I said you know we've been waiting for these two people to try to meet to you know with each other for so long um, so it was really really great as far as intro and then Brianne, I and this is something I did not notice when I first watched it was when Breanne rode in and let me tell you Pod was looking all sexy on that horse uh, when they <laughs> rode in I was like. I was like, oh my God, this is so awesome. And then, um, oh when uh Tormund. Tormund saw her and he was like he was eye fucking the shit out of her. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. He was like Mm-hmm. damn he's yeah. like this is a lady and she like she couldn't stop looking at him because he's looking at her but she's not quite sure why he's looking at her it was epic and I was like, a, he
2: a, knows exactly why he's looking at her
1: well, he knows yeah. exactly he, here's, here's he a funny little...
0: so utterly like lord though because no one has ever looked at her like that right, yes.
1: right. <laughs> yeah. here's a funny little nod to book readers uh, a lot of people talk about this is um, in the books Tormund Uh, Tormund Giants Bane One of his titles is Husband to uh, Bears And uh, of course Brienne fought The bear in the pit And she's the bear In the main fair And so (laughs) There's been some memes Going around that uh, He found his He finally found his wife uh, At at Castle Black So uh, we'll see and there's a, there's a big long story about him sleeping with a with a bear and coming away with scratches and giving her kids and all kind of stuff. Anyway, oh, uh, but, uh, okay. but uh see, okay, but no, but Tormund torment definitely tef, definitely gave her the side eye as they as they rode in. But I'm I'm really interested in um, the Melisandre and uh, Davos talk, and I didn't expect this, and I'm glad it happened. But Brienne interrupting their conversation. Because finally, Davos asked her what happened to Shireen, and, and Brienne just comes out of nowhere like a stealthy ninja, like like she could be a ninja, like the seven-foot-tall chick at Castle Black could be a ninja in armor. And she says, I was there. I saw what happened, and I thought she was going to spill the beans right there, and I thought we were going to have a showdown. I thought Melisandre was done for right there, but… Um, Do we, do we think, Annie, Mm -hmm. that that Brienne is going to end up telling Davos the whole story.
0: I don't know how Davos is going to find out. Davos is going to find out. He just is. Like, it would be bad storytelling if he didn't find out. So he's going to find out at some point. The, all this did was a delay tactic, and in a way, it it made it so that we can go a few more episodes without him finding out. Um, I assume that they're going to hold him finding out till towards the end of the season. Um, but here and knowing that it was Brienne who actually killed the king that actually killed
1: oh. his king.
0: I mean, that that actually, you know, that means something to him. And she basically said, "You know what? And I did it for revenge because of what he did to Renly. Because I don't forgive it. I don't forget. And you don't have nothing to say to me because you know perfectly well he did it."
1: Did you see how she walked off too? <laughs> by the way, Isis, like she walked, she swaggered off too with oath with oathkeeper in her hand. She like walked off like, yeah. And he said it. She He's, was like a he boss. He said it when and, I and, executed him.
3: Yeah, exactly. And that that was the telling <laughs> Mike thing. Dropped. You know, that was the telling thing that, like, she said, hey, I know. She didn't say what she knows and what, uh, what's his name, spilled the beans about. But she's like, I know. And that was enough for the red woman to be fucking worried and uh and that's gonna make davos ask more questions but i i agree with annie they're gonna wait they're gonna hold on to this little nugget until probably after some massive fight that should be coming up i don't know for sure but i see one coming uh you know i see it in the tea leaves and uh and i just really feel like that if if anybody's gonna have any revenge on the
1: uh red witch it's not gonna be brianne it's gonna be davos Obviously, that's going to be the big – well, and the thing about season six is it's been one big and – and I've said this, and I've seen it said all over the internet. It's been one big wish fulfillment so far. Like everything we've wanted to happen so far has happened in season six, and it's been awesome. And for Davos to find out what happened to Shireen and to find out that it was Melisandra and then to like drive a dagger through her old 400-year-old heart – That would be just another icing on the cake to the wish fulfillment, but –
2: I don't know. I think that there is also something we're forgetting is that it wasn't actually Melisandre. It was Stannis that let his daughter be burned alive, and that – You're absolutely right. And that might change the way – because we all think that he's going to – and he is going to blame the Red Woman, and he should because she's the one who told him to do it, but he Uh did it. And I think that that might – the same way that she has realized Stannis was not the right person. I was backing the wrong horse. It was Jon Snow. Maybe Davos would also be like, you know, I'm very upset at you and I want to kill you, but anybody that would burn their daughter alive is not somebody that I want to throw my support behind. And I was wrong. I was wrong to support See, Stannis.
3: But I, I think Davos is going to. He will go ahead and use the red woman to, to end, you know, whatever he wants. I think he was shocked when he. Um, heard the Red Woman say that, oh, well, Jon Snow is the guy that, you know, I'm supposed the to... The prince that was promised. Yeah, the prince that was promised. And he's like, wait a minute, I thought that was Stannis. And, and she just, like, walks away. Like, she was just like, I'm just going to morph out of the screen. And he follows her. And, he, you know, because he still wants more answers. I think Davos will go ahead and bide his time until he gets the whole entire story. And I I think that's one thing that he will not allow, is that... He, He's going to kill the Red Woman once he feels like, "Hey, this is the great opportunity to do it, uh, to get rid of her." So
1: I, I don't know. Well, also, don't forget, don't forget that Arya swore to kill the Red Woman as well. And uh, in fact, in season, I believe it was three, is the last time that Arya and Melisandre they had their one, their one connection whenever she came to get Gendry. And, uh, Is that guy still Melis-
3: rowing that damn boat? He's still
1: rowing his boat, but uh, Melisandre said, "I'll see you again." So, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. We, we, maybe she'll see Arya again. Maybe she won't. But there's still there's still all kinds of things that could happen with Melisandre. We don't know. Well, I but
3: still I still say the Defender of the Veil should die way before Melisandre. Thank
1: you. Uh-huh. That's a great segue because let's talk about that little wussy. <sighs> That little sickly...
0: Oh, he hit the puberty stick just as hard as Bran, except, you know, Bran at <laughs> least, like... he grew... sleep. Yeah, and Br- <laughs> Bran at least sort of grew up along with having puberty. This one's still just as Moondor-obsessed little brat as he was ever
1: before. Oh, yeah. You know there's some there's some, like, uh wet nurse still, still <laughs> breastfeeding him somewhere oh, that, that in the disgusting.
3: veil. that is you disgusting. You know
1: there is. Like, she's still popping the teat out, like, breastfeeding him somewhere in the veil. But, oh, like, Corey, stop. <laughs> <laughs> that sound effects provided by Take the Black. Um, but, yeah, we you know, we got to see Littlefinger last night for the first time uh, in the season, and we saw Robin Aaron, and we saw uh, uh, Bronze Jan Royce. And um there was a lot going on in that and, and you know, Littlefinger covered his tracks uh by by blaming uh, Royce for for um Sansa's uh capture. capture basically is what I'm trying to say. So how do we feel about this? Do we and you know Littlefinger's covering his tracks now, and he's and now he's got the veil, the army of the veil, heading towards I guess Castle Black. But Corey, what do you think about this whole Littlefinger's still playing Littlefinger? He's still playing the Longcon, and um, as far as anybody in the veil is concerned, uh, he had nothing to do with Sansa being captured by the by the Boltons.
2: Sure, I think that he's got an end game. He has. He probably has a couple options, honestly, in his mind of. What would I do if this happens? What would I do if this happens? You know, trying to to put all the pieces on the chessboard in the right spot. Uh, surely he doesn't know that John Stark was uh, or John Stargaryan. I don't know what we're calling him. That.
1: <laughs> John John Snow, Star-garian. Snow Star-garian.
2: Uh Surely he I doesn't know it. that he was dead and come back and is now going to leave. Like I, I mean, I know that he's got spies, but Jesus, if he can, if he knows that. Then, like, what's the point of ever inventing phones? You know, so. <laughs> Um, I do think that, that what's ultimately going to happen, hopefully, if everything works out for the Starks, just as a family, would be for Littlefinger to take that army to join with the Wildlings and Jon Snow and whoever else from the North, the Bear people, who I remember the Mormons, yeah, those folks, and and you know other families, because I know that there's a couple that have that have like turned their back on the Starks now and siding with the Boltons, but. Uh, I don't know. I mean, that would be how Jon Snow gets an army together to fight Ramses and take back Winterfell, hopefully, uh, would be to organize all the families in the north around him. Uh, but well, we, I, we I do, don't know, we man. Do know the, I do know that – I just think Littlefinger – I don't know. I feel like he's – a lot of irons in the fire right now.
1: <laughs> even, if, even if Littlefinger brings the Army of the Veil vale to bear on uh, the Battle of the Bastards in Episode Nine, or even if he just shows up randomly at any point in the season, you can't trust him. And it's like he told Ned Stark in Season 1, don't – you know, the best thing you could do is never trust me, and I told you not to trust me. You know, like never trust Littlefinger at any point, point. and we saw the trailer for next episode, and Sansa is going to confront Littlefinger. So um, I don't know if John's going to be by her side when she confronts him. Somebody's going to be with her, either, either Brianne or John. So yeah, something could happen. We don't know.
0: You know what? I felt like this week he was thinking on his feet in a way that I, we haven't seen before. Like when, when, when Royce like, was like, you, you, you basically lied to us. And he was like, I didn't lie. We, we were attacked. We were attacked, and you were the only person who knew where we were going. And um, basically, then he was like, okay, Robin, don't say actually throw them through the moon door. Okay, let's not actually throw them. (laughs) Come on, Robin, don't actually say. Okay, good. We're not throwing them through the moon door. I don't have to deal with that right now. All right, Robin, now I need you to say this. I need you to say this. Are are you going to say this? Are you going to say this? you said this, okay, who? Don't have to work on this anymore. Like, I felt very much, like, especially in comparison to Sansa, who was very much, like, you know, in tune with how to get Jon to do what she wanted, and was basically very successful in getting him to agree, okay, we're gonna go and attack Winterfell. Like, I felt like, Littlefinger was kind of like playing fast and loose and trying to like grab the loose ends as he went, kind of thing. Um, I but much you know much less in control than she is right now.
3: I agree with Annie. Um, Aunt, you know, Littlefinger has done really well working in the background, kind of like you know, smoke and mirrors, cloak and dagger kind of thing. Now, you know, I felt like what what he said at the very last frame of his, you know. Uh, his scene, it was that his time has come to join the fray. And I felt mm. like this is something that he really hasn't done up front. He's always been working in the background. And now he has to actually go, kind of, you know, put, you know, his his self out there. Um, I don't think it's going to end well for him if he does put himself out there because he just does a lot better in the background. He's kind of like varies in that situation. Um, Mm -hmm. So I agree with Annie that he's really kind of working on territory that he's not really comfortable with uh, because he's having to kind of be really upfront about this and kind of uh, think on his feet a little bit um, to make sure that he gets what he wants out of the situation. You know, that whole, you know, situation, I was like, OK, you know, that's fine. Let's let's go ahead and and get him into the into what's going on. And hopefully he meets up with Littlefinger, I mean, uh, with Sansa and she calls his ass out on it, uh, you know, because, I mean, she she got
0: raped. Yeah, there was a, there, the, uh, the trailer for next week suggests that she's going to do just that. And the question is, how fast will he be able to think on his feet to get out of that one?
2: I think exactly. the difference between Littlefinger and maybe varies, or, or where I think Littlefinger's downfall is going to come from is is from him putting himself too far in the spotlight uh, by marrying what's her name, crazy lady. I'm not good with names, y'all. I'm sorry, Lysa. 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 By marrying yeah. Lysa, and then you know her dying suddenly. Uh, who? How'd that happen? Ugh. And uh, <laughs> you know, basically becoming. Not just becoming a guy that kind of operates behind the scenes, coming a guy that has put himself, you know, in front of everyone, in front of the army, and in front of everyone, and saying, you know, clearly, obviously, in front of everyone, manipulating that kid into doing what he wants. People are going to notice that, and I think that it's his boldness is going to be his downfall, and that's yeah. why I'm not positive that he's going to make it to join John. So
3: I don't, I don't I'm with Corey on that one. I, I think that uh, varies has done a really great job of just kind of like, hey, you know, I'm behind the scenes and I will, you know, tell you what's kind of going on, you know, behind the scenes and stuff like that. But I am not going to make like moves to where, you know, that it would actually kind of do something. Uh, you know why? Because he doesn't, he doesn't
2: have a dick. He doesn't have like that thing.
1: Like uh, like like Theon. Yeah, it's, like Theon yeah. All of a
2: sudden, Theon doesn't care about being in the front either. It's like that's yeah, just...
1: and that's that's a great segue into Theon Greyjoy. Now he's back in the, the Iron Nicholas. Islands. <laughs> Hashtag... <laughs> Hashtag dick in a box. Um, Theon is now back in the in the Iron Islands, and um, you know his sister can I just is say, trying. To... Can I just
2: say that her him and Sansa split up in the same episode, and arrived at their destination at the, within, like, two minutes of each other. It's like, what <laughs> middle point were they at where they were like, yes, this is where we'll split up. It is exactly an hour from Castle Black and an hour from the Iron Islands, and we will get there at the same time because continuity. I just thought it was so they were, funny.
1: They were using the same boot key that Tonks used to get to Winterfell. They traveled
3: <laughs> anyway. by a <the>
2: map like it's <laughs> nothing. <in> <office. laughs>
3: they must have gotten uh, that little thing from little
1: uh, from Littlefinger. You know, because he gets to just kind of The teleport the teleportation. Yeah. Anyway, uh Theon Theon's back in the Iron Islands and his sister's not well, she wasn't too pleased to see him. Uh the last time she saw him, uh, uh Ramsey Bolton, shirtless Ramsey Bolton and his and his twenty good men, uh defended uh the Dreadfort against an attack of the Ironborn and kept Theon there because he called an alarm. Uh, because of Ramsey's psychological warfare and torture against him, and and she lost men to him because of that. And now her her father's dead, and she thinks Theon's there to try to when the the they're calling it the Salt Throne, which is so weird to me, but whatever they can call it the Salt Throne if they want to. Um, and and so now. No he's there. He's standing in the room where the last time he was standing there, her father his father was there, and he was standing in all the stark finery, and uh his father was like asking if he paid the iron price or the gold price for it, and he was like ripping the the brooches off of him and taking the little frillies off of him and like, Hey, you no son of mine is going to do this, blah blah blah. And now he's a beaten broken man. Um and he's told his sister that I want you to, to rule the Iron Islands, and I want to help you. And this is something that I've said before. Theon Greyjoy can be the hand of the queen. Like, he's got all the makings of somebody who can be a great counselor because he's seen that. He helped Rob when Rob went to war. He's a great strategist. He, Like it or not, he was privy to Ramsay's inner workings when Ramsay took over things, and… And and was wreaking havoc over over the north and Moke Kalen and the neck and all that all that stuff, and and he just and he knows how to how to how to do things, uh. Basically, the inner workings of government. He's he's he was raised highborn, basically, so he's the perfect person to be the right hand to Yara. So my question to you, Annie, uh, as a book reader. Do you think the show is going to go off book here? Do we think that Yara's got a chance with the on side? Nope. Okay. Nope. Okay. Nope. Nope. All right. (laughs) Next. Next.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry I find the King's Mood to be the most boring thing ever Okay. I there know, were only two things that, there was only one thing that I hated more than Dorn and it was the idiot Ironborn Okay. and there's hundreds of them and they're all sitting around, dicking around trying to get the, win the King's Mood and none of them are going to win the King's Mood and they're all stupid and they're all boring the only good <laughs> thing about this from what I can tell is that the King's Mood is going to take exactly one episode and one scene and then it will be a and that will make me happy because it will at least be efficient this time. But no she has no chance Urine's gonna sail right on in and sexism will prevail the day and she will lose to urine and he will become the king of the iron islands crazy mother bug crazy man and yeah and it will be a thing and then it will be and and hopefully it will be a thing that happens much faster than in the books.
1: Well, Euron, Euron is definitely uh, more powerful than she is, and he's definitely got a lot more power backing him. Yeah, but the uh, reason
0: that he gets voted in the end, the reason she loses in the books is because she's a girl, and they won't vote for the girl if there is a male option.
1: Well, the Iron Islands is definitely a patriarchal society. So, yeah, so,
0: you know, uh, it's a little bit like those idiots that will vote for Donald Trump or Sanders rather than Hillary Clinton. <laughs> God, she's a woman, and I can't possibly vote for her. Yeah, so no, she's not getting anywhere. <laughs>
1: Well, I happen to like the Ironborn. That's one of my—they're one of my favorite uh, parts of the books. So I like the Ironborn and their their combative society. But um, there's no Victorian, so I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm glad that the there's no Victorian. There's no damp hair, um, And it will be so efficient. I'm, it will be efficient. Let's get let's get the Kingsmood well, over.
2: But, but here's the thing: is that the reason that we're hanging out there is is because the fate of Oh, well, well, there's not the fate, but whoever wins what the king's Poot, whatever you keep calling kings it. <laughs> <laughs> the, whoever wins the, the Game of Thrones in the Hashtag Iron Islands. Yeah, whoever wins that. If if Yara Yoda wins it, and they <laughs> and then Theon is at her side and can help advise her. I mean, I think there's a pretty good chance that that would that would. I don't know, maybe the Iron Island could help out some of Theon's buddies who were there for him in his time of need, like Sansa Stark and that family. So, I mean, I think that there is that potential that they're at least hinting toward that maybe if Theon has that kind of power again, again, can get in her ear and say, hey, we need to back these good people, not these bad people. You know that could be something in the future that could come to play a big part, especially a navy or something. So I don't know. I think that they're they're hinting around that, dancing I think there's around. There's somebody
1: it, else who needs a navy a lot more. I, was say, I, was, I think Corey's got a point. I think Corey's point is valid because show watchers will will be thinking, yeah, Theon gets if Yara makes the throne, then Theon could convince her to go help Sansa and uh, Jon. But here's the thing. There's also somebody else that needs a navy, and she needs to get she needs to get across the narrow sea because her navy just got burned. And that uh, would
2: literally never happen ever.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you just, I'm just re- stuck in
0: the SOS forever.
2: Listen, here's uh, a, here's should... what her her storyline for the rest of her life is going to be: rising to power, losing power because she's an idiot, burning some shit down, getting naked and getting power again, and that's what she's going <laughs> to do. And it's this endless cycle.
1: Listen, man, you better watch out or she'll throw some fire at thank you. Well, yeah, she to come across
3: the Thank you, for, the to for, do it, so. thank you for that. I mean, thank you for diminishing my favorite freaking person on the <laughs> damn show. We'll talk about okay, we'll so anyway. her.
2: It was easily – listen, that was a gigantic step forward Huge in that storyline. Huge moment. Huge okay, moment, and it we'll was let, a great we'll moment, but come on. Let's not pretend like the past doesn't set the precedent that she's going to mess this up.
3: Alright, well, we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that. I really feel like they're setting up Yara, like, you you know, Corey was saying, kind of like, okay, here's Theon, he's going to help her, she's going to be, you know, he's going to kind of, he's seen the best rulers, you know, as far as, like, Ed Stark, and then he's seen really bad ones. And so, in, in, uh, uh, what's his name? Ramsey. Ramsey. And, uh. I feel like he is really good at um knowing you know which one to go with now, especially seeing you know the stark differences uh pun not intended and uh I feel like it's gonna be a good situation for Yara. I really like her as a character her the the actress that plays her is incredible because you could see the the anger but also. She was kind of happy to see her brother that he was still alive, even though she kept on saying, "I thought you were dead, and I, I you were dead, and good people, you know, my men died." And it was so passionate, but at the same time, it was still her brother. And he's definitely
1: um, not her
2: father because they, she she gave him a chance. No, 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 it. absolutely. And, and I just the consequences felt pl- could be dire, Wolf.
1: Oh. Ooh.
2: Are we doing puns? Ooh. Podcast of puns? We're doing, are, we, yeah. are,
1: we doing, are, are we doing phrasing? Yeah. Hashtag, yeah. Anyway,
3: so, so I just thought it was really interesting. Um, I really like to see her on the screen more often. I don't want to see her gone uh, anymore. I, I really want to see her kind of come to the front, forefront. But I really felt like it was a definite sister um, episode, and alliances was a big theme
1: of this episode. Um, Here's the thing, you guys. Uh, in my opinion, and this is just a book reader's opinion I'm not giving any spoilers away here It's my opinion Even if even if the show stays on book And Euron wins this, the, the Seastone Chair Or the Salt Chair Salt Throne, whatever they're calling it um, Since there's no Victorian Greyjoy on the show um, Yara can step into his role And he can send Yara across the Narrow Sea With a fleet of Greyjoy ships And Theon can be with her and so that can that can continue Yara and Theon's story, and they can actually end up in Marine and be in Danny's bright spotlight. So that that's a way to continue that. And and imagine Yara if this happens, and I'm not saying that it has because I don't know. There's no spoilers that I've seen that says this happens. But imagine that this does happen. Let's say Yara gets over to. Uh, Mirroring with a with a, a fleet of Ironborn ships with Theon at her side, and she connects with Danny. You've got two powerful women together, right? And where are they going to go next? She's not going to go back to her uncle Euron, who just took over power of the Iron Islands and forced her to to go sail t- across the Narrow Sea. No, she's going to go to Dorne, where the Sand Snakes are, because that's the shortest
2: great. point eight of great. B. So let's put the Iron <laughs> Islands. <laughs> Dorm and the people of Marine together and, and mix it up into a big bowl of boring and then just <laughs> let it simmer until the last two. Oh my God, that's horrid. hashtag Girl Power.
3: Um, <laughs> no, no, that's wrong because I feel like that you know Tyrion. If, if let's say if uh, if Danny's not back yet, you know Tyrion and Theon. Already know each other from season one. They had, you know, they were all in the same location at the same time. So I feel like that, um, that he can kind of like bring this kind of situation together where the hands of the queen, and I say that with air quotes, uh, can kind of, you know, mix this whole thing together with Danny and Yara because they're t- two drastically different kind of women, uh, if you will. But I think that they, they all have a common enemy and I think that Yara, you know, she will, she has no nothing to go back to i I'm supposing you know from what I've heard you guys talk about, I'm not a book reader well and
1: speaking uh, uh speaking of tyrion speaking of tyrion in marine uh, in marine uh. he he made peace with the slavers, and uh that was something that I didn't see coming um I kind of expected all night long well, for that entire scene for like when the with me. The prostitutes or the dancers or whatever they were came in to the Masters. I kept expecting them to cut their throats, or I kept expecting uh, Tyrion to lead them down to the dragons and throw them in the room and let the dragons eat them. Anybody else get that vibe, or did you no. think that Tyrion was actually going to make peace with them?
2: Corey. No, with me? Okay, so I, I thought that if that happened, it wouldn't have been Tyrion's doing. I think he legitimately was like, listen – Seven more years of slavery, as opposed to seven more years of us fighting you about slavery. And if you agree to stop after seven years, it gives you a chance to transition away from it. it gives you a chance to, uh, you know, rebuild your economy to to not be centered around slavery. Uh, it also means you don't lose all this money up front. You get to keep making money and make that transition. Like I mean, it was a very pragmatic approach to something that's terrible, and he acknowledged it was terrible. But um, it's kind of like what. The queen or whatever Dinah Riggs said in the end of the show, people are going to die one way or the other, no matter what we do. Better <laughs> them so than let's, us. Yeah, better, let's, better let's, than let's go us. ahead and make it work for us, and this will be a nice compromise where they'll stop trying to kill us all the time, and we can get the hell out of here. So Yeah, but
1: Annie, Annie, do, we, Annie do we think that the slavers really care about a seven-year um, – Okay,
0: two things. One, um, this is actually based on what Lincoln attempted to do before the Civil War. He actually tried to make this deal with the South. So that's the first thing is that this is actually like there was a historical basis for this deal that they came up with.
2: Um, I talk about no carpetbaggers on this podcast.
0: Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> I, I, as, as the resident Yankee, I felt the need to bring that up. Okay. Anyway, um, the other thing that I wanted to point out is that um, I feel like Tyrion is using them the same way they're using him. You know, the fact of the matter is, he's, uh, uh, Grey Worm was all like, they're using you. They're not gonna do. In seven years, they're not gonna, they're not gonna go, they're not gonna go home and start planning for seven years from now. We're gonna have a new system. No, they're gonna go back to their old system and they're gonna try and forget all about this. Because mm-hmm. hopefully by seven years from now, that's a long time. By then, Danny might be gone. You know, Danny might be dead. This line will be over. And the fact yeah. of the matter is, I'm pretty sure that Tyrion's like, dude, seven years. We better be back in Westeros. Yeah, yeah. I exactly. feel like he was just like, let's press pause on this war. I don't want to deal with this anymore. Make this go away. We can all go into a holding pattern, and hopefully, by the time the time the seven years runs out, we are not still sitting here. Because if we're still sitting there in Marine in seven years, we're all gonna be bored.
2: <laughs> oh, will you be bored then? No, I, I just uh, <laughs> I, think, I think it's geni- I think it's a genius move because the way that it plays out, like I was saying, like if they leave and they go to Westeros and they lose and die, then they were going to not honor that seven-year thing probably anyway. If, right. if Daenerys goes over and she becomes queen, she'll enforce that seven-year thing, and they still had seven years to transition. And they'll know before that seven years is up if they should start planning for it or not. Like it, it gives them time to to plan out accordingly, and it also appeases them to stop them from trying to kill him and everyone else. It was a good plan. Uh, and i i mean it does it's very reminiscent of the uh Missouri Kansas compromise and stuff like that but the difference is i think is that they have dragons and lincoln just had a bunch of incompetent you know generals so
1: <laughs> in a railroad, in a railroad. Um, <laughs> let's see uh let's let's stay in essos and let's go to jorah the explorer and dario <laughs> and they they're climbing up the side of a mountain towards Dothrak, and Dario gives this line of riding the dragon, and I thought for a second he literally meant riding one of the dragons. Like, yeah, yeah, Jorah is not going to be on. Uh, to my, I said out loud to my wife who was sitting next to me, Jorah's not one of the guys who's going to ride a dragon. Duh! And she looked at me. She goes, "You're such an idiot." oh i get what he's oh okay i get what he's saying now have i ever told you i love melissa she's awesome pretty awesome but yeah i i like what a great line like you're too old to ride the dragon i'm young and and she's still too much for me (laughs) but um you know they get we find out that jorah's grayscale is way worse than it was last time we saw it. Like, his arm looked like... Um, I'm trying to think of something comparable the to thing, it. The like, Fantastic Four. The Fantastic Four, the Thing. And I was going to say the good version, but there really is no good There's version. No good of version. The Straight court.
2: up, the Michael Chickless one. That... <laughs> <laughs> it really is no good version, the Michael Chiklis version, okay,
1: but yeah, he's starting to look like the thing from the fantastic Four um, but they make their way into vaso those the I can't speak today, I apologize they make their way in there, and um Dario keeps his dagger shaped like a lady, nod to book readers, and um. They get in there, and they, they, they get confronted by two Dothraki, and uh, I love the fight between Jorah and uh, Ago, the, uh, the big, tall Stop Dothraki. It. He has a name?
0: No, no, yeah. no. Did you realize that those are the same two Dothraki that were sitting next to Kal uh, Morrow uh, yes. two episodes ago? It's the same ones. Yes. We're not hiring yeah. new actors. No, no, no. First they got to be sidekicks and make jokes, and now they're going to get killed.
1: Well, what's so funny is I, I love the fact that Jorah Jor throws dirt at him and he just decides stepped Straight-up
2: pocket sand, him. <laughs> Pocket-stands <laughs> No, I, again, that's another moment that, like I talked about, I think on the last two podcasts, that why this season feels different from last season are these organic, funny moments that we did not have last season. We've had w- at least one, if not multiple moments of legitimate laughter in these episodes that was hilarious that was straight up pri- was sketch yeah. comedy it was like <laughs> something you'd see in a will ferrell movie where like he tries to throw something at someone and misses completely just stare at him like it was beautiful <laughs> and, and it, it really it was hilarious it, it did, and it didn't feel out of place that's why i liked it so much it was a great scene
1: and and then of course right after that to hide the tiny stab wound, Tario <laughs> back to skulling.
0: Okay, you remember that story that Carrion tells in the dungeon about the 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 dummy who's going? Oh yeah, with the rock. I told that's totally <laughs> where I went with that. That was like the Tario and Shora bro show. Now with more, not with more rock.
2: Can we? Add, what was it? Can we add the rock as the Rocky? Can that be a thing?
1: <laughs> Dothrock,
2: Dwayne Dothrock Johnson, can that happen? Oh my god, that would be amazing.
1: He would make a great Dothrockie too, by the way. Um, but yeah, so, they find Danny, and, um, the new, the new little, the mini, I'm gonna call her mini Khaleesi. Uh, the little, the little young, the young Khaleesi that was walking with her, t- Khaleesi. <laughs> she, she's a
3: little Padawan.
1: That's great, man, Khaleesi, and, uh... So now she's got a little friend, and uh, we're going to pause Danny's story right there because we're going to come back to the end. But um, let's get to King's Landing really quick because uh, something important happened in King's Landing. First of all, Tommen's still a little bitch.
0: (laughs) Tommen's being being manipulated from all sides. Every time you turn around, that kid is hanging out with somebody who's trying to tell him what to do. I mean, he does not get a moment of peace, does he?
1: He doesn't, but um man, and I know he's supposed to be young and impressionable, but my God dude, like grow a pair at some point, you're the king, do something again like-
0: well, I w- I've been watching the uh, I've been watching the history version of this with the War of the Roses, and Henry the Six is supposed to be his counterpart in real life, and like it, it, I, I, he's based on an idiot. No, no, really, like, no, no, Henry VI is, like, not okay in the head, like, he's kind of soft in the head, and so it's actually kind of interesting to see that they've made Tommen not an idiot. He's just gonna be really, like, impressionable.
1: Yeah. Like, spineless. Yeah. And, um, we we see that, uh, Cersei, uh, has still got her groove back, she's getting her groove on. Uh, I like the fact that, uh, she mean-mugged, uh, Maester Pycelle out of Tommen's (laughs) ring... That was amazing. Uh, and I like how Pycelle stares her down as he walks out of the room. I'm telling you, it's not going to end well for Pycelle. He's, I, I just I'm, – I'm predicting Pycelle is going to have a nasty ending to season six. But, Can uh, it please anyway. happen
2: because he's one of those characters that I feel like just sucks screen time, uh, and partly because it's, it's like the slow shuffle he does when he leaves. <laughs> and like we know from like season one or two that that's an act, and that's part of the reason yeah. why he's still alive. But and that's why it's so funny. But at this t- at this point, it's like we get it. He doesn't like the other guy. Blah. Move well, on. I,
1: I, I tweeted last night. Uh, like, what would be even funnier is if Game of Thrones did a running gag where he farted every in every scene he was in. Like, <laughs> once, once in once an episode, every time somebody looked at him, he farted out of being scared. You know, like he passed and like like he like he did a Deadpool last night. He hashtag drive by. Cersei, that would be that'd have been hilarious. But well, uh,
3: I felt like Cersei was like internally screaming when uh, Tommen told her that he had already talked to uh, uh, old uh, the High Sparrow. Yeah, I feel like you know internally she was like what, and uh, and then I I just I felt like Tommen bull didn't she? She did, but I felt like that Tommen showed his you know how naive he was when he said, well, I know you don't, you know. You don't like Marjorie, do you? Well, fucking duh. Like who doesn't know, you know, Captain mom Oscar Well, he's like, actually mom like he, he, is,
0: he, is, he is now getting a clue though. That's a thing that a, a year a, you know, this time last year, he did not he was not even smart enough to figure that out. He's at least figured that out now and that's not good for Cersei.
3: Well, I but I still feel like that he's always going to go ahead and defend his mom because you know, immediately God, after that not. she, she <laughs> says she goes, oh well, look what they did to the to the king's mother, and you know, really kind of try to turn it around and be like, okay, let's let's not think about Marjorie right now. Think about what they did to me, damn it. And
1: well, um, the, well, it's working because Cersei has now got she's now formed the the Lannister Tyrell alliance because now she learned from Tommen because she went and talked to her son that the High Sparrow is planning on making Marjorie walk. Do a walk of atonement, just like uh, Cersei did last season. So, uh, in order to stop that, for some reason Cersei doesn't want that to happen, and I'm not really r- sure of the reason why. Um, any, any, any inside scoop of why? Any reasons why thoughts? Why Cersei wouldn't want Marjorie to be shamed like she was shamed? I, like, don't, I don't actually understand.
0: believe that that's what Cersei learned from Tommen. I don't oh. think that's what Cersei actually learned from Tommen. I think mm. that Cersei made that up in order to get Oleana on their side. Okay. I agree with Annie. I yeah, agree with Annie. I honestly don't think that's what she... I don't know what she learned from Tommen, but I'm pretty sure that she was basically doing using that to get, basically, Lady Oleana to do what she wanted, which, uh, you know... They've decided what they want is they want the Tyrells to bring in a huge army and basically Mm -hmm. let them in. Can I just say, though, like how fast is that going to backfire? Okay. You're going to let a huge army and you're going to give them the key to the gate. and You're going to let this entire army come on into King's Landing. What are you going to do after Marjorie gets out? That army ain't going to leave and that army ain't going to be answering to you.
1: What happened the last time a great army was led into the gates of King's Landing? Uh,
0: I believe Jamie <laughs> stabbed the Mad King before they actually actually made it to the uh, the gates.
1: And Tywin Lannister sacked sacked King's Landing. Yep, that that would be Lannister. exactly what happened.
0: So you know, I'm just saying, that in the in the in the in the history of all of the very bad ideas that the uh, that Cersei seems to have, this seems to fall into that same category of not thinking past
1: the first step.
0: Well, in terms of place, yes,
1: she doesn't think past that first move. But I don't know. I don't know what's going on because I, I really, sincerely don't know what's going on. And Jamie's behind it, and he's he's, he's backing his sister. And as they're talking, and Lady Elena is behind it, and they've got Kevin. Which, by the way, I'm not happy with the way they're portraying Kevin this season. I've always been a Kevin I've always liked Kevin Lannister. He's always been one of my favorite characters from the books. Even though he's a lesser character, he's not a main character. I've always liked him. And he's just seemed like this season he's been like a crotchety old uh curmudgeon. I don't know. I just maybe it's the fact that his son's a fanatic a religious fanatic who likes to go kill people and, and is racist and homophobic. I don't know. But he uh what what I don't like or what I did like last night, I should say, is what I did like was, as they're forming the Tyrell Lannister alliance, is they're playing the Reigns of Castamere in the background. And, and what we do, what we do know is every time Game of Thrones gives us hints, and they're playing their theme songs to like the Stark family theme, or like maybe when Danny pushed over the 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 hot coals the brazier in 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 based off rack, that that was. They played the um, Drogon theme, her her fire theme. So we know that there's themes that they play with the music, and they're playing the Reigns of Castamere last night as they're talking about the Lancer Tyrell alliance. So I don't think that Cersei's being short-sighted. I think she's got a plan. I just don't know what that plan is. Like, you're right. Why let a Tyrell army in? But then again, she's got to have something going on. She's got to have some kind of backup plan. Because she's got to be thinking two steps ahead. Because she's got Fr- Franken Mountain now. She's got Kaiburn. So I don't know. She's got to have some kind of plan in her pocket. I don't know what it is. But let's talk about um, speaking of the High Sparrow. I just can I just say that I I'm I'm so sick of him. I'm so tired of the High Sparrow. Don't get me wrong. I love Jonathan Price. I think he's a great. He's a phenomenal actor. And and. The show is better for having him on there. I'm just sick and tired of the High Sparrow. I'm tired of his his tales of morality and cautionary tales. I'm so sick of hearing him talk. I just want Franken Mountain to put a fist through his face. That's all I want. Anybody else on board? Actually, with that?
0: no, you know, I actually thought that was one of the best scenes of the night, like just as an really? acting as an acting scene, like not as a oh my god, the the you know, everything's burning, not an oh my god, it's so huggy and emotional, but as a just a this is the kind of like Shakespearean monologue you don't get outside of Shakespeare. Like that scene between Price and Dormer was fantastic. Especially because Dormer is, pl- you know, Marjorie is playing him, and he yeah. doesn't realize it. I mean, yeah. when she pulled out that quote from the book of the stranger, and then she admitted, "Well, that's what Septimnella has been babbling at me." She's literally taken in everything they've given her, and she's using it against them. Yeah, that true. was fantastic.
1: <laughs> yeah. She's definitely playing a better game than Cersei played when she was in prison.
0: Oh, she's the first one to figure out how to play him. She called it. She said, This is your myth- oh, this is the mythology of the Book of the Stranger. It's you're just you're just taking the Book of the Stranger quote and you're acting it out in your own life. And he's like, Well no, I didn't actually walk through a graveyard, I walked out of an orgy. Yeah, you know what? Same diff, <laughs> dude. It's the same mythology, it's the same nonsense, it's the same it's the same bullshit. And you just you are you were, were mythologizing yourself and it's bullshit and she recognizes that it's bullshit and she called you out on it and you were too dumb to see.
1: Isis, how do you think how do you think uh, Loris is holding up in prison? He looked pretty bad. Yeah,
3: Loris is not doing really well and I think that, you know, for all Marjorie's strength you know, as far as standing up to the high sparrow and, and, you know, really having a great mind of like, hey, this is the kind of mental games they're playing on you and she's staying strong. Um, Loris is not doing very well at all. And I feel like that. He doesn't that kind even of, feel like the same actor. No, it doesn't. I, I was like, is that Loris? I thought maybe they were like trying to play a trick on her or something like that. Um, but, you know, I, I felt like. That kind of hurt her a little bit. That kind of was a little chink in her chain. Um, you know, but I think that she's going to be, Marjorie's going to be strong, uh, stronger for it, uh, in the long run. I mean, I think she is really channeling Lady Elena as far as her strength and her mind and where, where she's at in this actual game, uh, that, that's being played right now. Uh, so, I think Marjorie is going to be okay. And I mean to be honest, I feel so bad for Loris, but the best thing that Marjorie could do is probably end her brother um his suffering. But that Yeah,
1: you know, Loris the Loris on the show is not Loris from the books. Loris in the books is a badass. He's a certified badass. And um he in the books we don't know. His, his, his future is uncertain in the books right now. So if he dies on the show, I wouldn't be that upset. Uh, in fact, if they killed him off on the show, I would be kind of happy because – I've got to say this, and this is, this is completely book purist nonsense coming out in me. The way, that, the way he's portrayed on the show is character assassination. I said it. I said it. All right, um, moving on to the north, and Corey, I've got to ask you, did, did you not see – the Ramsey and an and, and Osha scene coming a mile away. Like wasn't that I mean, come on, dude. I knew that I knew what was going to happen the moment she walked in the room.
2: I mean, if you thought she was going to kill Ramsey's, then you're dumb. Yeah. Um, right? I thought the only You haven't
3: been paying attention.
2: Yeah, exactly. The only attention. thing that I thought could have happened was her changing her mind and realizing she didn't have the upper hand and uh, you know, trying to stay alive a little longer, trying to play the game a little bit more. But she's not that smart. So, Nope,
0: she totally underestimated him. She thought he was a Theon.
2: Mm-hmm. Pretty much, yep. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, you know, I'm sad to see her go. At the same time, she probably had nothing more to add to the story at this point. So I get it. She went out the same way she came in, fighting, and she was a great character uh, and a great performance by whatever her name is. So
0: <laughs> by Tonks, by Tonks. <laughs> I mean, seriously, if they let her have her wand, she would they, she would have beaten Ramsey in a minute.
1: <laughs> but, yeah, we saw that coming a mile away. There's actually a theory on uh, Reddit right now that says that um, the this this is supports the theory that the Umbers are working to reinstate the, the Starks, that they sent Tonks in. Tonks. They sent Osha in. <laughs> you gotta tell me <laughs> saying. Tonks. They sent Osha in with Rickon. Yeah, they sent her in to actually to seduce Ramsay because they knew Ramsay would go for her, and then she would kill Ramsay. But you know, I I think that I still think that um, I don't know. I don't know what I think anymore. It was stupid that she 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 was dumb going there, thinking she could she could assassinate him and. Well, Whatever. At least we won't have to see her be brutally savaged by Ramsey or his dogs or his men throughout the season. She died quickly, and it's over with, so I'm happy. Um, let's go back to the wall, and um, let's talk about um, the new, the new uh, romance, uh, Isis. You want to talk about the new romance that everybody wants to ship? Razor. Razor. You huh.
3: are pushing this way too fucking hard, okay? Let it just happen. But I would have to say <laughs> that, um, it was so, so cute to see the way he looked at Brienne when she came in, you know, with that horse. It's probably the first time that Brienne has ever been looked that way. And then to see, you know, they're having dinner all together and everything. And, um, and he's just like literally just fucking staring at her, like gawking at her, like, I want you so bad. And she's not quite sure how to deal with that. Like she wants to just kind of keep on smiling to keep the peace and everything. But she's kind of like, I'm kind of freaking out because this is kind of weird. And he just keeps on smiling at her. And he is like looking at her, like she is the best piece of fucking bacon he has ever fucking (laughs) seen in his life. She is looking at her like I just want to sop you up with a fucking biscuit, and and if you don't understand these sayings, Google them. They're they're Southern sayings. But anyway, um, she, she she would she didn't know quite how to deal with it, and it was so funny with Ed because he's like watching this exchange happen. The I fuck go on, and he's like. Well, you know, there's somebody for everyone and he's just like <laughs> eh, shrugs, just like whatever. Um, oh I loved it so much. It was so so funny and it was one of like like Corey said, one of those moments that was just organically funny like it, I don't know if it intended to be funny, but it was oh, it fucking was. oh for hilarious. sure He was looking her up and down, oh like, my like God, this. he was just like ugh, it was so funny. i I literally laughed out loud because it was I think I laughed out loud just for the like what her face looked like, and then Ed's reaction to it was just hilarious.
2: Well, to just me. wait till no. he sees her fight, and then, I mean, he's not gonna be able oh, to hold God. it back. like oh he's gonna he
3: oh, have a rock on – hard on. I mean, he's just going to be like, oh, my God,
1: you know, she's the best thing ever. So I you know how wildlings, you know, how wildlings uh, uh, prove their love for each other in their culture. They kidnap the men, kidnap the women. And, and if and if the and if the if the men are able to keep the women from escaping the first night, then they're married. So she's always good. Yeah, that's
0: all he's going to do.
1: That's all I was gonna do is knock Brienne out, take her back to his cave. And I just tried to it. picture
0: him throwing her over his shoulder, and I failed. <laughs>
3: that is that is awesome. I did not know that as as a non book reader, I did not know that. But now I think it has enhanced the story in my mind uh, because of that that little dat piece of data. I think it's it's gonna be really interesting to see, uh, you know, because I was shipping uh, Brienne and Jamie for the past couple of seasons now, uh, but I, I think this guy, he, he could, he could give our girl what she needs, which is <laughs> a good dip dicking.
1: Mm. <laughs> Whoa, you, you're, see, I, you thought I was pushing it too hard. Yeah, seriously. Sock it
3: up with a biscuit.
1: I know, I've been drinking. I love it. Well, let's talk about, let's talk about the, the, the big moment that happened at the wall before we go to the finale. And that is uh, a moment that i've been personally looking forward to for the for like last season all of last season, and that's the pink letter uh, the pink letter is the reason they call it the pink letter is because um Ramsey Bolton sends a letter to Jon Snow at the wall, and the reason it's called the pink letter is because of the pink wax that's sealed on the, on, on the letter um there, there, There is some confusion. It's not because it's wrapped in human skin. No, that's not it. It's because of the pink, the pink wax.
2: Is he Ramsey Dahmer? Me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, man.
1: Yeah. All... Well, <laughs> you are just on fire tonight. Anyway, um, I want to ask you, Amy, because you, you're familiar with the pink letter. This – the show pink letter was so much worse. Oh, it was so much
0: more over the top. And you know what? No. Like this was, this was, and this was played into my whole thing about how Sansa was trying to manipulate Jon into doing what she wanted, which is to come with her and take back Winterfell and kill Ramsay for her. You know, this is what she wants from him, and Ramsay literally played into her hands. I mean, seriously, could he have handed her a better reason for her to be like, "No, you have to come with me and kill this man"? I mean, like, it was, he- it was, it it was, it was like, you know, she. She couldn't have planned it better if she tried.
1: Yeah, because first of all, he admits he has Rick on. Then he says, "I, I have his Direwolf's, uh fur on my on my floor." And then he says, "I'll if if you don't bring if you don't bring my my bride back, I'll I'll rape her and I'll, I'll I'll kill I'll have my men rape her." And I mean, it's like Jesus, dude. Like you're giving him you're giving her all the ammo you need. Like John was already on the fence about helping her out now this is it he's going to gather a wilding army and now they're going to go their next stop is probably going to be bear island and the the home of the mormonts who we saw last season uh liana mormont little bitty mormont uh send a letter back to stannis who said that she bent the knee to no to no king but the real the true king of the north and his name is stark so uh they're going to be throwing their support behind the Starks, and uh, hopefully there will be a few more houses from the north who get behind the Starks, and they're going to be going towards Winterfell. And I don't know where the the, the army of the Vale will come into play, but at some point we're going to have in Episode Nine the big battle of the bastards, and it's going to be amazing. But let's get on to that amazing, over-the-top, uh, probably best uh, – Visualization uh, uh, finale I've seen on Game of Thrones yet, and it's Danny going into the temple of the Dothraki, and all those calls sitting around trying to decide what they're going to do with Danny, and you know, of course, in typical Dothraki Call fashion, they're talking about raping her and and having their blood riders rape her and then their horses rape her, blah 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 blah. And then she touches that that fire, and she spills it over, and catches everything on fire. And I just like when I watched it, I had no idea this was coming. I had no idea this was going to happen. I had no idea how Danny. I thought that Drogon was going to come in. I thought that maybe she sent um, Dario and Jorah out with like like maybe some bait to bring Drogon in <laughs> to help her out. I didn't know that this was going to happen. And all of a sudden, there it is, she is immune to fire apparently now, and she's, not, not only is she the mother of dragons, she's the goddess of fire and dragons. And she burned and killed all of the Dothraki calls, and she is now the one leader of the entire Dothraki nation. And that means a lot for Danny's story, because now she has her army, she has her Unsullied, she has her mercenaries... From Darius' uh, second sons, and now she has her, her Dothraki screamers. All she needs is that fleet to get across to get across the Narrow Sea. But I want to get each of you guys. I want to get your reaction to that. I'll start with you, Corey. How did you feel about that whole scene, how it unfolded, and then with Amelia Clark walking out naked? And by the way, that was Amelia Clark. That wasn't a body double. And that's the first time she's done that since season one, All right? right. Season the- three.
2: That looked really agree. CGI to me. At least, no, know, no, it's actually, actually her. That was her. Oh. And, and, and you
0: uh, know, well, we can talk about that after you give your opinion.
2: But sure.
1: go ahead and – uh, I want to hear what you thought about it, uh, the the, visual, the visualization of it and everything. Just get, lay it on me, brother.
2: Well, the whole scene set up so beautifully to me, starting you know the night before with uh, Sir Friendzone and uh, – I don't know, the other guy, uh, knife Dario. guy. Yeah, Dario. Where Where they were, they found her and she was like, no, I have an idea. Like, so the, the whole idea being, being her concept for how to do this, uh, I'm assuming that Dario and Jora snuck into the temple of the rape council and, uh, <laughs> Kind of soaked it in oils or something to make it burn faster and be more deadly. They also clearly you know locked the doors when they went in behind them. Uh, It it was
1: they did. You saw that they they knocked they killed the guard and put a log in the door.
2: Yeah, so you know they clearly had been in there and made it you know more flammable. And her speech was great. It was an outstanding speech. uh, You know, walking around the entire. Uh, room and her mannerisms and her confidence and everything at an all-time high which was great and the the close-ups of her hands on the fire that i think was there maybe to remind people like hey guys remember uh heat doesn't affect her and <laughs> you know then she pushed it over and things went i mean it was very much it was some of the best uh visuals we'd seen in a long time especially with the fire it was some of the best uh, visual storytelling with her walking around the room and establishing her dominance, uh, standing higher than them. Whenever she was knocking over the fire, uh, and and it showed that she's smart enough to execute a plan of attack. She knew exactly what to do. People would get like to to set it up the night before and everything. It was easily the the best scene in a long time, maybe ever for Danny because it showed that she legitimately wants this and. Oh. Is smart enough to go get it.
1: I agree. The last time, the last time I I've, I've been this excited for a Danny scene was when she used Drogon to say, it. "Well, of course, last season when she flew away on Drogon, but uh, when uh, she took the whip from the master and said and he and they they sacked Astapor, that was amazing. That was a great scene. Yeah, yeah. And she got the Unsullied. So, Isis, uh, what what was your what was your thoughts on the whole final scene?
3: Oh, I I completely enjoyed it. It really felt like you know all those times we heard Danny rambling with her titles and all that stuff. It really showed you know I don't want to say that she's a genius you know planner as far as an attacker or anything like that, but um, she can go ahead and string something together, and that she can actually think like these you know these people and come up with a really good plan to free herself. She didn't use – I mean, yeah, she did have Dario, and she had Sir Friendzone and stuff like that. Um, and Kalesi. And, and, and Kalesi. <laughs> her,
0: her,
3: her Padawan. Um, you know, I love it. it. But I just – I felt like really she kind of came up with an idea, and this is what she was going to do. And she was able to execute it, and it came – to fruition the way I think that she wanted to. Uh not only that, but it kind of reminded us that she is the freaking mother of dragons and fire and all this shit and and that there's a power within her that um that we've I think taken for granted the last couple of seasons cuz she's been stuck in fucking Meereen.
1: Um it's been all this as shit.
3: Yes, and, but I think it's been, I think this is kind of her reintroduction to, uh, this game. It's, it, I kind of like put it into like a video game, like, okay, the, the, you know, this player has entered the game kind of thing, and I feel like, okay, she just popped back up again, and now she's, she's about to, you know, now she has a whole new army to bring into Marine. Now, hopefully, Uh, she's gonna agree with what, uh, Tyrion did or just be like, you know what, let's just keep on pressing on or whatever the case may be. Um, because, you know, Tyrion didn't do exactly what, what she wanted. But, uh, but I think it's gonna be really interesting. And, and I, man, bravo on going completely nude. Uh, you know, that was something that she wanted to, I guess, make sure everybody
1: knew that that was her body. I didn't she's made she's made comments before where she wasn't going to do nude scenes anymore. No, that's well,
0: not correct. What happened was in season 2 or 3, um the girl who played Rob's wife made a remark in an interview that there was an actress who had put their foot down on ever doing a nude scene again, and everyone assumed that it was Amelia Clark. Amelia oh. Clark has never herself said that. But the fact of the matter is is that it was taken so as gospel that that's who she meant that some of Clark's quotes since then have actually been taken and twisted to fit that narrative.
2: It was actually Hodor. Well, so. It was Hodor.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I
3: didn't know anything about that, but I just feel like, um, you know, hey, Amelia Clark has been working on her fitness. You go, girl. And uh, she she looked really, you know, like. I, like I said, she looked like so regal. You know, it wasn't like, Oh, here's a naked woman. It was just very regal of her, like, here I am, bow down to me. And even Dario, who is kind of, you know, uh, you know, uh what's his name? Sir Frenzone has says, like, you have no freaking manners or anything like that. He had to bow down and go, Holy crap, this woman is something spectacular and I feel like you know, Dario will now respect uh, Danny a little bit more because he was kind of talking about her like oh yeah you know right, she's the a wild thing and you know talking I mean you know talking nasty about her and stuff like that I think he's gonna have Dario's
1: a little- like that in the books and in the show he's always been Randy like that but I definitely yeah. like Dario I think he's
3: gonna put but, uh, respect in her in her uh, in her name now now
1: um, Annie let me ask you from from the book reader's point of view uh, you and I. We we were always kind of of the opinion that um, at least I was that from Georgia R Martin's words that Danny really wasn't impervious to fire that it was kind of she was she was kind of heat tolerant. Maybe well no, and, uh, I, I kind
0: of always got I got the impression from his quote that he uh, that he said was that it was basically kind of a one-time thing, and that once yeah. the eggs were incubated, it was no longer she was no longer able to do it, that it was only she only had that power until the eggs hatched. Um right. but the show has, you know, separated from the books and we keep saying how the books are going to be different than the show. Well, this is another way where the show has decided to go another direction. They have decided that Aunt, that, that her secret superpower is to freaking be, you know, you know, she she add, add starter of fires to her uh to her long list of names, okay? Cuz that's the what she is, yeah, that's what she is now. Um, you know, It's funny because everybody today, and you guys aren't the only ones who've said this, I saw so many people today saying, I never saw that coming. I did not see that coming. I had no idea that was going to happen today uh, in this episode. And it really kind of, I'm like, but I did. Um, I I knew this was going to happen, and I was pretty sure it was going to happen this episode. Because if you looked at the spoilers that we uh, gathered over the fall, Um, there is a scene where she is riding at the head of the Dothraki horde, and it's a huge Dothraki horde she's riding at the front of. Um, and Jack Bender was on hand to direct, so I knew that that had to be episode five or six. Um, we knew that they built that huge temple in a desert in Spain, and not only did they build it in a desert in Spain, but they built it in a place where people could get pictures.
1: So, we, and I remember, I remember reports of fires and smoke coming. Yeah, out that no, that, that, that literally
0: there was. Uh, we saw them build it. We saw them film in it, and then literally, like the next morning, it was ashes. And not only that, but we knew that they then rebuilt it at the Belfast studios and burned it to the ground again. So I knew that they, this was a big scene, and there was something that they couldn't do out in 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 the desert. That they needed to refilm it, or at least refilm parts of it, on an actual soundstage. I Um, just
1: thought that maybe Drogon would have been the one that came out. And, and,
0: you know, that's not a bad theory since they had to film it twice. Like, they had to film
1: it. I mean, seriously, building
0: that set and then burning it to the ground twice, that's expensive. I mean, there had to be some reason that they needed to do that. And it turns out the reason they did it is because Danny's naked scene, Amelia Clark's nudity scene, was filmed in the closed sound studio. They didn't want to show her, they didn't want to make her do a nude scene, you know, in the middle of the desert where people might be able to catch
1: pictures, you wow. know?
0: I mean, seriously, it was filmed like three weeks after the, the John Snow leak happened. So like, wow. you know, they were already paranoid enough, you know, they'd already learned that, you know, they have to be lucky every time, but a photographer only has to be lucky once. So they literally did the scene twice so that once with the huge group of dothraki like bowing down to her so all those shots of like the far away shots with the huge like you know mass of humanity bowing down to her that's all taped in spain and then when you cut to her standing in front of the burning building that's actually at a sound stage in belfast and i just love the fact you can't even tell
1: (laughs) yeah you can't no that's amazing you only get that kind of stuff here on take the black listen We've got to start wrapping this podcast up. We've gone an hour and 15 minutes. We saw saw the teaser for next week. Uh, It's going to be Bran-centric. We know that um, he's going to have a dream where he sees the Night's King, and he will probably see some children of the forest. And he will see – and it looks like, for all intents and purposes, the Night's King is going to interact with Bran in his dream, and uh, Mira is going to have to come in and try to wake him up. And uh, this is also going to be episode five, so hopefully we will see a conclusion to the Tower of Joy. I don't know that we will, but I'm hoping that we will. And um, we're also going to see Sansa um, confront Littlefinger. There's going to be a lot of stuff going on next episode. I so, think we're uh, also
3: going to see a young version of Melisandra.
0: No 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 no, no. no, 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 no. That is a brand new, different. There are there were Red Priestesses everywhere in Essos. Yes. Just because Could they, they all love- wear the same necklace. Yes, yes, I know, like, I actually oh. saw that, I saw that shot in the, in the, in the trailer, and my reaction was, I wonder what she looks like when she takes the necklace off. Oh, <laughs>
1: that's, that's what true. I said, too, see, probably did for different say, reasons, But you see Vary's reaction? Varys was looking at her like she was gross looking. Dude, Vary Varys like, literally ugh. stood
0: between, He's standing between her and Tyrion like he's trying to protect Tyrion.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah.
0: No, well, I see. I saw it, and I was thought, oh,
3: okay. Are we are we doing a flashback of of some you know of the bread priestess when she was younger or something like that? Because she, I all I noticed was like the dress and the necklace, and I was like, oh man, she's got the same necklace. Completely, completely. But, completely but different priest. mind fucking blown.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: so if just to keep the pun thing going, if Yara thinking you can take the salt throne, you're on. I mean, I
1: thought, <laughs> Oh, God, you are that was
0: fired, so sir. Those are that, not fun. So those are dad jokes. You are I
1: fired. You so <laughs> All right. And uh, on that note, uh, we're going to call this podcast good and end it here. Thanks for listening to us. And we'll be back next week with Take the Blood. Are you afraid? You should be. I thought he was the man to lead us through the long night.
0: The face will be added to the hole. You would spill blood in this holy place.
3: The gods were mind show them what
0: lannisters are and make no mistake the dead are coming dragons do not do well in captivity how do you know this that's what i do i drink and i know things
1: they have no idea what's going to happen